Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. And with today's episode, we're teaming with PRC. This podcast is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. Dr. Joshua Schwarzbaum joins us again on today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. He is a board-certified emergency medicine physician with SBH Health System in the Bronx, and he is also the founder of HealthyInside.net. It's a website I want everyone to go ahead and check out. It's dedicated to helping other people feel good with whatever challenges come their way, and we will link to this website uh, in the description of today's podcast, Dr. Schwarzbaum has joined us for episodes regarding navigating difficult conversations with patients. Um, we've also talked about the Code Breathe initiative that he has orchestrated at his at the emergency department um, with his hospital. He is really, really um, great at navig- helping us all make sense of these really difficult times in life. And I'm so excited to have him join us today. We're talking about communication with patients, communication barriers. So Dr. Schwarzbaum, welcome back to the show. And uh, do you have anything to add to uh, to that intro? Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. It's always nice to see you. Nice to be back. Communication, I think, is the key to healthcare, the key to relationships. Because uh, we could say the same exact words in a slightly different way, and it means a whole different thing. And at the end of the day, if we want to heal people, sure, we can order a ton of tests, a ton of CAT scans, all this sort of stuff. But the 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 answers are are in the history. It's in the way that we're able to talk to the patients, to elicit the information from them. And then when we come up with a diagnosis, it's how we tell that to them. Is the patient going to accept it? Are they not going to accept it? Are they going to ask questions about it? Are they want to know what they have to do? So, so much of it, you know, without communication, essentially nothing gets done. And this isn't only in healthcare, obviously. If you work in business, you got to be able to communicate. If you work with a team of people, you got to be able to communicate. Even if you're working internally with yourself, you're probably communicating with yourself too. So this is just everywhere. You've got your spouses, you have your kids, you know, you go anywhere. You got communication is key to every, every aspect of life. So the more you can understand it, and I think it's not as complicated to understand as we need to. And we'll probably get into that a little bit here too. But there's some things that are pretty easy to understand that really make life a lot, a lot easier. Yeah. What are some of the most common barriers to communication that patients seem to be facing in today's healthcare environment? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, you know, we come from two different worlds, basically. You have the doctor that comes from one world, you have the patient that comes from another world. So how do they see eye to eye, basically? I have, I'm coming as a doctor, let's say, I have a whole bunch of people to take care of. So I have an emergency room full of people. The patient has one person to take care of. They want to feel better. So already there's a discrepancy there. And this was highlighted. I had to spend some time in the ER and in the hospital with one of my kids. And I could see this playing out because I see it from, I was able to see it really from both sides now. So when I'm in the hospital with my kid and he needs to get his medication, I don't really care what else they have to do. I don't care how many patients I have to see. I want my kid to get the medication he needs when he needs to get it. 
But as a doctor, I could look at this from the other side and say, well, I have 20 people that I need to take care of who all need medication. So if 20 people need medication, how do I prioritize who gets it first or who do I see first or what do I deal with first? So already you could start to see that there's, there's a conflict there, potentially. So how do we bridge that conflict? And then I think we have to be able to take a step back, both of us as doctors and as patients, take a step back and look at the bigger picture. There's a bigger picture going on at play. It's not just about me. It's not just about you. So there's a whole system that, that's at play. And often the patients don't understand the whole system. If I order a medication, let's say, or I order an imaging test, well, the order has to be put in. The order has to be picked up by someone. The, you know, you have to get the, the machine needs to be ready. There's a lot of different steps and processes. And, you know, in today's day and age, where you can go on Amazon and have everything delivered to your door, you know, tomorrow, today, or, you know, in two days, we expect things to happen almost instantaneously. And we want that to happen. But we also need to take, be able to take a step back and say, well, there's this whole process in place and everything like that. So when we're able to take a step back, I think that's the first kind of piece. Patients are coming from one place. We're coming from another place. How are we able to reconcile the two? I don't have to know exactly where they're coming from, but if I can at least get a little bit of a glimpse into that world, I, I can't ask them to get a glimpse into my world because they don't necessarily know what I need to do as a physician. And they're in a place of stress and uncertainty and, and they don't know what's going on. But I know that by walking into the ER or walking into my clinic, you know, I, I can predict essentially, or I've been through this enough to know the different things that people are going to come up with, the, you know, how people are in general. So if I can do that and I can realize that people just want to get better. So if the, I just know that that's what they want to get better. They're going to say things, they're going to do things that are maybe less than savory at some points, but it's only because they want to be heard, because they want to feel better. And they're just doing the best they can. So that's what they're doing. It's not necessarily an attack on me. If I could see this and I could see that patients are just doing the best they can with their given circumstances, it doesn't take away from my well-being of how I feel good and how I can communicate with them. It has the potential to. Because if I don't feel centered and I don't feel good about myself in that situation, or I bring all the stuff that's going on in my home life or outside life or whatever into the ER and I don't want to be there and I'm, my mind is somewhere else, well, that sets it up for more problems too. Because then I'm taking everything else that I'm dealing with, bringing it on into this patient interaction also. So it's hard to always separate the two. But by going in and looking for that place within us, that we all have that place of compassion, the place of calm, of being able to clear our mind and keep a quiet mind amongst the chaos, amongst everything that's going on, it allows us to automatically tap into that mode of communication that people can be heard and can be listened to. And I've seen people, I'm telling you, I have people that come in that are going literally crazy, like running around, doing very, very dangerous things that are brought in by the ambulance, by police officers, sometimes using drugs. You can find, even amongst the most psychotic patients, you can find there's moments of lucidity there. There are moments of calm that you can find within each person. And if you can find it for a moment, you can find it for a second moment and a third moment. And the more we can find that within ourselves, the more we can bring it out with other people. And if we can communicate from that place to people, they feel like they're hurt and they hear us. And the communication isn't only by words. It's by the presence that we bring to 
It's by just being there and by being present in that moment with them. Because that in and of itself provides a huge amount of healing. What are some of the consequences if providers fail to live up to these expectations and, you know, our patients, uh, you know, don't see that improved communication? We get patient complaints. (laughs) But I think, you know, for us as as working in the healthcare field, you want to walk away or I want to walk away feeling good from work. I want to go home. You know, we hear a lot about burnout. So what can I do to help myself with my burnout? We attribute it. We attribute all the burnout to so much stuff external to us, the EMR, the systems that we work in. But there's things that I can do that can help me feel better at the end of the day. And if one of those things is, is communication. If I can communicate with patients better, if people can hear me better and feel me better and stay calmer with me, then I'm automatically going to feel away. Uh, I'm automatically going to feel better walking away from work. So that's something that's really, it's really transformed the way I practice. When I started practicing in the ER as a resident, the first year, two years or so, I, uh, I would leave work and be like, what is going on here? These people are coming in. I'm trying to help them. They're not listening. They're coming back the next day with the same exact complaint. I told them what they need to do, what's wrong with them. And I was leaving work being like, I almost like thought about just like leaving medicine. <laughs> so I'm like, what's the point of all this? It doesn't make sense. I'm like, you know going to all this school, doing residency, working really hard, and it feels not good. Then one day I was walking into a room and I realized I had this like, I had this insight, this like transformation almost. I realized I can't change the way that other people are. I don't know what they've been through. I have no idea. And I can't work to change them. If I work to change them, it's an endless, it's an endless battle. What I could do though, if I approach a situation differently, if I change myself, if I look inside of me and and see what's going on there, then all of a sudden, then the whole everything outside around me changes automatically. So it's a lot easier to make that change. It seems hard, but it's ultimately, it's a lot easier in the long run to make that change because with that one change from inside of me, everything changes around. And when that happens, automatically I'm able to communicate better with the patients. And if I'm able to communicate better with the patients, they can hear me better and they can feel that I care about them and that I'm listening to them, then they walk away feeling happier. So if they walk away feeling happier, then there's less violence, there's less cursing, there's less, there's less stress that, that gets brought on me from, from them. So the whole thing, it's all interrelated. You know, we can get upset at the patients, but I'll tell you, there are people that I work with that you, you work on certain shifts and all the patients get very upset. And then the other shifts you work on, all the patients are really not upset. So what is it? The ER is the same. The diseases are the same. Look at yourself. Look at my side. Look at myself. I look at what I'm bringing. I look at what my team is bringing. And you'll see. And this is probably happens in any work environment. When there are certain people around, the mood goes up. When there are other people around, the mood, may goes down, the mood may go down. Why is that the case? So if we're able to see this within ourselves and be able to bring the mood up around us, then it automatically brings up everyone around us. There's a quote uh, from a psychologist named George Pransky. He says, all boats rise with the tide. Tide comes in, doesn't matter what kind of boat you are, the boat goes up, the water comes in, the boat goes up, and that's what happens. If we're able to to do that, we're able to elevate our level of communication, we're able to elevate ourselves within our work environment, everything gets brought up around us. And it's not only with the patients, communication with the staff is also essential because we need to work as a team. 
I can't do everything by myself. I need a team of people to really be able to heal someone, to take care of them. The nurses, the techs, the other doctors, the residents, they're all coming at it with whatever their experience is. So, you know, if I'm at the center of all of my whole ecosystem, basically, if I can communicate well with that whole sphere, then all of a sudden I'm bringing up everything around me. I love it. So how do you think the recent rise in telehealth impacts today's conversation when we talk about removing these barriers to communication? I think it's a double-edged sword. You know, it, it obviously it provides more access to healthcare, but I think at the end of the day, there's nothing like sitting across from someone and in the same in the same room as them and looking at them. And you know, there's a different feeling that you have when you're looking at a screen versus looking at a person. There's also some things that you're going to notice. You know, as a as a doctor, you know, you get clued into different things. You know, I can't see their whole body necessarily by looking at a screen. I don't know exactly what's going on. And I think there's a lot more room for distraction too when we're on the computer as well. You know, on the upside, it brings a lot of, you know, it, it allows medicine to get into places that are more remote and maybe harder to, um, harder or, or specialists to get into places where it's harder to get to in general. So I definitely think that there are some upsides to it. But I do think it's, an, it's good to have a good relationship with a, with a patient, with a doctor that knows you, um, that you know, that you know, and, and you can have that type of relationship. And there's nothing like sitting in a room with someone and, and sharing that same space at the same time. But we do live in an age of digital reality and everything. And, you know, we'll see kind of where this goes. And um, at the end of the day, we'll, I'm sure there'll be more and more innovations that will help it be more and more like sitting in the room. But, you know, in the absence of certain more specialized equipment, you lose a big component of a patient interaction, which is a physical exam. So I can take a good history over over the internet, over the over the video, but I, you know I can look at certain things, but I can't always tell really exactly what's going on. There are some new innovations, you know, these digital stethoscopes and things to look in people's ears and noses. But at the end of the day, you know, I still think there's a there's definitely a value to being in a room with someone, to pressing on their belly, to being there, to them feeling your presence and that sort of stuff. Um, so I think like anything, you know, we got to figure out how to incorporate this in. To, to our lives, how we can use it to benefit us, and then also recognize its limitations and not solely rely on, on, on that and still, you know, still recognize what the good and the bad within everything. It's a really fair assessment, I think. As we work towards wrapping up, do you have any other strategies for improving communication you'd like to touch on with us or any other final thoughts at all? Yeah, but I think there's, there's obviously a lot of courses around communication and everything. Um, and now a lot of things come from different approaches and I've taken a lot of these different types of courses and I never quite felt fulfilled with, with it. Anyway, I was, I was always looking for more, but I finally came across this understanding that really helped solidify all of this stuff and bring it to kind of a focal point. And it's really helped me in my life everywhere in medicine and with my family and, and business stuff. And that is to get an understanding, basically, of, of our thinking and our minds and how the, whatever is on our mind basically becomes into our reality. So the more I think about one thing, the more it manifests, essentially. The more I feel it, the more it feels real. 
for example, you know, I'm constantly communicating with, with myself, obviously, in the way through my thoughts and the way that I think about something. So I have a patient that comes in who gets, you know, who starts screaming at me, let's say. I can look at that patient in a lot of different ways. I can look at that patient and say, this patient is not a nice person. If I look at the patient in that way, then I'm going to start to feel upset or angry with the patient. And those emotions are going to come up within me. I can look at that patient that this person is in distress. He doesn't have anywhere else to go to. He needs to be healed. He wants to feel better. And that may bring up feelings of compassion within me. And then I'm going to walk away feeling a little bit different with that sense of compassion. Now, these are just two examples. You know, I could look at it in a whole host of other ways. There's thousands of different ways that I could look at any given situation. The way that I look at any given situation, the way that I think about any given situation is going to be the way that I end up feeling about it and the way that I end up communicating about it too. So when I noticed this and I started using this and, and just taking a look and just checking, checking the way I feel. So if, if a patient comes in and starts saying something to me or doing something, I start to start to get agitated or feelings turn away. I look, I look into myself. I stop looking at them. I stop looking at there's something wrong with them. I look into myself. What is it about my thinking that's, that's causing me to feel this way? And I don't even need to come up with the answer, but I just look back towards that, towards my thinking. And then when I look towards my thinking, then I can say, oh, oh would you look at that? It's funny how I'm thinking about this in this way. I could think about it in a different way. And if I did, would I feel something differently? And this is a process that builds upon itself. It's something that automatically, you know, it takes a little bit of time to catch on. But then once I caught on to it, it all of a sudden just solidified basically in my practice. So now that when people are saying something or doing something or acting a certain way, it doesn't have that same effect on me. And then it allows me to communicate with them better because then I come from a place of, of calm when I communicate to them. If, I, if someone comes at me agitated and I go back at them agitated, the situation just escalates. And you can see this happening all over. Someone screams at you, you scream at them, they scream louder, you scream louder, and it just goes back and forth. But give it a try, see what happens. Someone comes and starts screaming at you, and you come, and you're, you're very calm, and you're centered. You know, you don't have to listen to it. You can always say to a person, this is another, you know, I say to someone, I don't, I don't have to listen to you like this. Like, I want to help you out. I'm here to help you. When you're ready to, you know, when you're ready to talk to me, come back. And I'm telling you, 99% of the time, they'll come back to me and say, I'm sorry. I feel a little bit better right now. Let's start over. And this stuff works. Whereas I used to say, you know, you can't talk to me like that. I'm here to help. You know, it, it doesn't get it. it. It didn't get me anywhere. It just got me feeling more upset. My thoughts on this are general are, are always just look inside, build yourself up, build up these, these qualities, these natural abilities that you have. And don't let anyone tell you that you don't have, them. because this is a gift that we're all given to from the creator of everything. We all have the ability to feel good. We all have the ability to heal. All we need to do is look inside and find it. And when we do, it automatically benefits us and all the people around us. You've been listening to Dr. Joshua Schwarzbaum. He's a board certified emergency medicine physician with SBH Health System in the Bronx. And he's also the founder of Healthy Inside, Dot net. We encourage you to learn more by visiting 
that website, healthyinside.net. Dr. Schwarzbaum, as always, this has been my pleasure and I really, really appreciate having you on today. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation with today's episode teaming with PRC. To learn more, visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.